Hey, it's Miss South Carolina Teen USA 2012, Shannon Ford, and you're listening to Life After the Crown with Tim Tialdo. Hey everybody, welcome to the Life After the Crown podcast, where each episode I bring you useful interviews with former pageant contestants, title holders, and women of influence who are now succeeding across many different industries in the real world. My name is Tim Tialdo, lifestyle entrepreneur, pageant host, author, and quite honestly, somebody who just wants to help you become a better person overall. Now, if pageant life is over for you, or it soon could be, and you're wondering, well, what do I do now, or what's next? This podcast is designed to help make the transition to real life and the school of hard knocks a little bit easier for you to handle. So if this is your first time listening, thanks for tuning in. We're glad you're with us today. Let's get started. My guest today was Miss South Carolina Teen USA 2012 and is currently the social media guru for Kristen Cavallari's company called Uncommon James. You can, of course, see her and her sarcastic sense of humor as part of the current cast of Very Cavallari on E! She probably has the best and brightest red hair you'll ever see and is someone I've gotten a chance to know through the RPM Productions pageant family. Shannon Ford, great to have you on today. Thanks for taking time out of your quote-unquote reality schedule. (laughs) Well, it is a great pleasure to be here, Tim. Yeah, well, so it's been a while since you uh, stepped on the pageant stage. So uh, before we jump into all the stuff that's uh, Very Cavallari, let's talk about your your pageant experience. Let's go back to 2012. Um, I guess oh, why right did she, yeah why did you decide to compete in the first place? Um, I had done like my school pageant, and I always thought it was fun. I think it was mostly just a way for my mom and I to bond. We both loved it. She grew up doing it, and so um, I think the next step for me was just I wanted to take it to the bigger stage. And so I actually competed in 2011, and <laughs> I was you know, so excited, so happy to do it. And I did not even place in the top 15 at all whatsoever, which was at the time like devastating. But then I look back and I'm so happy that maybe not happy that I didn't get anything. That was pretty, that was pretty brutal for a a 17 year old. I guess I was 16, but I will say looking back the next year, I was much, much more prepared for the role. And then I went back and I remember my mom just saying, you know, you gotta get back on the horse. And I was like, well, I would just be so embarrassed to go back. I just was humiliated and she was like, just do it. And then I did go back and then won the whole shebang. So I'm glad I did. And that was how I kind of got started. Just kind of me and my mom having something that we both just bonded over. Well, it's not only impressive that you went from not even being in the top 15 to winning. Um, you did it in you know what's considered one of the toughest states in the country in South Carolina. Talk about your mindset. South Carolina does. Yeah. Um, yeah, South Carolina is known to have just... I mean, if there's something in the water, it's like the, they call it, um, what did they, what are they, sash factor? Sash yeah, they factor, called it yep. sash factor or whatever. Uh, so like Texas, South Carolina, Alabama, I mean, these heavy hitting states, California, obviously, they're just, they're harder to compete in. I mean, these girls have been doing it for years upon years upon years, and they're very, very ready. They're very capable. So it was, it was very a daunting task at first, but I think the difference between the first year and the second year that I did it was, I just went in thinking, and I know it sounds cliche and cheesy, but I really was just like, all right, well, it couldn't get any worse than last year. I guess I could only just rival that. So I might as well just go in and have fun. And I did. And I I really, I struggled the first year with trying to like create this perfect team that they wanted and be this perfect pageant patty. And I think that's where people go wrong in the sense of when they compete in pageants, you don't have to make yourself into someone that you're not. You can 
just have to be yourself. And sometimes, I mean, the judges don't want who you are, and that's fine. Different day, different set of judges. But that particular year, I was lucky enough to have a set of judges who believed in me as a person and who I was and who I portrayed myself as. So I got lucky. 2012. Well, yeah, I watched you that. You wanted Shannon. So. I, I watched that same situation happen uh, last year in Alabama with Hannah Brown. She actually didn't finish in the top 15 the year before, then went on to win the crown. I, I think everybody yeah. listening who you know hasn't made the top 15, and there's a ton of those out there, they're wondering, well, what oh, yeah. what exactly did you change or you know how did you transition your mindset or whatever and going into that next year and then coming out on top? Yeah, I think it was it really was a mindset. It was just uh, I think my attitude. I didn't. I mean, my dress the year before was just as beautiful. My makeup was just the same. I mean, you can look at pictures of me the year before and the year after. It's not like oh no wonder. She looks completely different. I mean, I really didn't look much different at all. It was just a mindset change that I told myself, I'm going to go in and just seriously have fun with it, be myself, and not get choked up, not worry. I mean, interview the year before, I was so nervous. I was basically shaking. And then the year after, I was like, just talk. Just talk to them. Just be yourself and answer the questions. Like, I'm on the phone with you right now. So I think the if you really just like break down all those walls, which is hard, I get that. You just break down all those walls, you really do get, you just have a sense of confidence about you that's not really found anywhere else other than just like down inside of you. So you've been off the pageant radar for quite a while now since you gave up the crown. Um, I guess my question is, you're still in the you know age category. Would you ever do it again? <laughs> well, you know, I'm not so sure that my current platform would be the most... <laughs> <laughs> of the pageant world. Um, I think that a lot of people might uh, vote against me representing the lovely state of, honestly, any state. But I know, that, I know there's a lot of people who do appreciate my sense of humor and uh, vast inappropriateness at times. But I'm not quite sure that is of the Miss USA caliber. So I think my, my, uh, my time as a pageant queen has, has gone. <laughs> but I do love, I mean, I, I still go to the pageants every year with my mom and I'm never not watching Miss USA. I, I met my, one of my best friends during my pageant reign. So I'm still very involved with the pageant world, but I'm not so sure everyone would really think it was a grand idea for me to come back and have a crown on my head. Yeah, you probably wouldn't be politically correct enough, would you? <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not always the most politically correct, which I was for a long time. A very, very long time, but not not so much anymore. Not anymore. I'm just going to have to stay behind the scenes. Behind the scenes is, is good for me. Well, I went back and did a little research on you. Obviously, I know you personally, but I went back and just kind of, because I, I didn't host your pageant in 2012, so I went back and looked at some old, old videos. Now, one of your questions that you were asked at Miss Teen USA on camera was, you know, if you could sit down and have dinner with anybody, who would it be? And at the time, you said Barbara Walters because you wanted to pursue a career in broadcast journalism. Is that still right. something that you're interested in doing? Um, you know, broadcast journalism has always been a dream of mine. And I, I think I was just more so wanting to be able to speak on a public platform and just have a sense of voice to the public eye. And I feel like I'm somewhat doing that now, but it would never, I would never hate to be, a, you know, in the realm of broadcast journalism further than just reality TV. So I, which obviously reality TV is not too much of broadcast journalism. <laughs> I just mean like, I think it, at 17 when I said I wanted to be in broadcast journalism, I really just wanted to be like in the public eye on a public platform, speaking my mind and, you know, using my voice. So 
halfway there, I guess. But I would still, yeah, I would love to still dabble in broadcast journalism if the opportunity ever arose, for sure. Well, and I think what you just said really mirrors a lot of people today. And maybe they don't want to say it, but it's true. And then that... Oh, it's so true. Broad, yeah, yeah just, broadcast I mean, yeah, journalism, is, it's like a cover. You know, it's like, I want to be in broadcast journalism. What we're really saying is I want to be on TV. Did you kind of feel that yeah, way? Yeah, and that's, yeah. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I think the more people that are just honest with themselves, you'll get there a lot faster. <laughs> I mean, just, <laughs> just call it like it is. Just say what you want to do. And I get it, too. I mean, I, you saw me on my video when I was 17. You know, my mom probably would have been like, uh, no, don't say that. <laughs> if I was like, I just want to be on TV. But yeah, I just wanted to be in the public eye. I just wanted to make a name for myself, do something that I could look back on one day and be like, that was fun. And I still have this, you know, DVD to prove that I did that, or I can still stream myself. I guess DVDs are pretty outdated, but yeah, I mean, I always wanted to do broadcast journalism. And I think that really was just a cover. Like you said, that I just always wanted to do something in the public eye. Well, and look, I say that because let's, I'll be honest with you. I was the same person. I was the guy version, but I was the same person. And I was on TV for a while. What's interesting to me is I think it's different for everybody. Where does that where did that come from for you? That that want to feel like I need to be on a you know quote unquote public stage in front of people in order to feel like I've gotten to where I wanted to be. Um, I mean, I was always the kid that just I mean, I still am just not a kid, but I was always the one that talked the most in class. That always asked questions. That always was just whether I was cutting up with the class and getting in trouble trying to be the class clown or whether I was doing, you know, drama productions when I was in middle school and high school, I think I just always craved just, I mean, maybe, yeah, I don't know if I craved the spotlight or I just craved attention. And you don't have to say that in a bad way. I mean, you don't have to say I craved attention and everyone dissects that into a million different horrible things like, oh, she just craves attention. Oh, she just wants this. I mean, that's not a bad thing to just want attention in a public eye or in a positive way. I mean, that's just how I always was. So I knew that that's, something I wanted to go into. And don't you find in the in the pageant world that that's, I mean, that's pretty much the common thread, so to speak? Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of girls who are doing this pageant just because they know that there's a great opportunity for a scholarship, but there's a great opportunity for, you know, maybe something else that's very uh, philanthropic. But I mean, I would venture to say that those are just like the sprinkles on top. Most people are doing this because they want to be on the Miss USA stage, because they want to be famous, because they want to have a platform for themselves or for maybe their, yeah, for their call, cause for greater good. Or I don't think that anyone does a pageant because they don't like being in the limelight. So when you gave up your crown back in, uh, I guess, 2012, 2013 there, uh, what did you honestly see yourself doing after that? You know, I, you know, I was a freshman in college. And so at that point, I think I was just trying to get past not like getting called in attendance for my college classes. I don't, <laughs> I, I knew that I think at that time I probably wanted to go on and compete in this later on. I think I was starting my freshman year. I was in a sorority. I wanted to be the president of my sorority one day, which I want to check that off the list, <laughs> but yeah, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I think that's another thing people, it's so awesome when people know exactly what they want to do when they're 16, 17, but for the love of God, I mean, you don't have to know. And I think I was just one of those people who I was majoring in broadcast journalism, and then I switched my major to political science, and then I switched my major back to a minor in broadcast. I mean, it was, yeah, I was very indecisive about where I wanted to be, but that's, you know, for any 17-year-old, that's fine. Now, you still do some modeling. I know you're with, uh, I believe, the Block Agency down there in Nashville. Right, yep. Um, what kind of modeling do you like to do the most, and, and how often do you get gigs? Um... I love any modeling gig that allows me the opportunity to travel. 
so I've been fortunate enough with uh, my agency here that I've been able to travel a little bit out of the state and stuff. But um, I would say anything where I get to push the boundaries or just feel like my most beautiful or my most sexy self, I feel like I get a lot of gigs for like, I don't know, like monogramming companies or just like t-shirt companies where, you know, you have to be cute and smiley and they're like, just, you know, wear light makeup and those are fine because those pay the bills and I always work with great people. But sometimes I'm like, oh, I just want to stand on a building in a bikini and have a fan <laughs> blowing my hair for something. Like, so those, I feel like those are the most fun. The ones where you like can't wait to see the pictures afterwards, those are the ones that I like the most. Now, you obviously have a very distinguishable characteristic that separates you from most people, and that is your beautiful, long, rich red hair, whatever you want to call it. Um, Thanks, Mom. Yeah, and look, my, my wife owns a salon, and I don't think I've ever seen hair like yours. And I think a lot of people want to know, is, uh-huh. is that your real hair, or is it in, you know, quote-unquote enhanced? Yeah. No, it's my real I've never dyed my hair. I've never touched it with color. I uh, actually tried to once when I was in 10th grade. I didn't have a license. I think I was in 10th grade, yeah. And my mom, you know, she ruined my life because she found out I was from a small town. She's like, I didn't come home from school that day, the time I was supposed to come home. And she knew that I'd been like saving my money up and I've always wanted to be blonde. I wanted to be blonde so bad. And I um, I was sitting in the chair and the lady came in and she had like the dye already mixed up. And she looked at me and she's like, baby, I got to be honest with you, I ain't going to dye your hair. And I was like, what? She's like, your mama just called. She called all three salons in town. She knew you were doing this. And I got, I got babies of my own at home. I, I just can't do it. I ain't going to dye your hair. She told me not to dye your hair. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, now nah, I'll give you your money back, but I ain't going to dye your hair. I was like, you're ruining my life. I hate you. But no, I mean, obviously, I'm very grateful that I never dyed my hair blonde. Very, very grateful. So shout out to mom for doing the right thing. Now, I actually learned that there is an actress named Shannon Ford as well. Do you ever get mistaken for her or vice versa? Uh, no, it's, I knew that there was a Miss Florida when I was young, I would like, you know, everyone like Googles their name and I Googled my name and there was like a, sometimes she's blonde, sometimes she's redhead. I can't keep up. But like, uh, is that who you're talking about? She was Miss Florida USA in like 2001 or something. It's possible. I actually, I didn't do a ton of research on her. I know she's been in a couple of films. She's done some Broadway shows, uh, theater. Um, so I didn't know oh, if you were mistaken. Know, for her. Maybe we're talking about the wrong person. You can look her up on, uh, look her up on IMDb. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I can't really say I ever get mistaken for anyone. I, that never have. I'm like, never one of those people that's like, Oh, you're just like blank. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you, always, you are pretty unique. I always unique. doppelganger. No. And I don't mean to say that to be like, I don't look like anyone else. I mean, I always want someone to be like, I ever tell you, you look just like, and then say some like cool person for me to be like, Oh, yep. Get it all the time. But <laughs> no, I never get that. But I that hasn't happened that. yet. Huh? Yeah. Like Peyton Brown. You remember Peyton Brown's, uh, her teen, she looks just like Margot Robbie. I'm like, why can't that happen to me? Why yeah, do uh, people come to me and be like, you look just like yeah. Aaron blank. Snow. Aaron Snow does look just like Margot yes, Robbie. Aaron looks, she does. Yeah. Um, okay. So obviously life has evolved for you. You're not in broadcast journalism, but you are on, on TV. You're on a reality show on E, mm-hmm. which, you know, you're the envy of a lot of girls in that regard. So um, I, I guess we have to go back to the genesis of that. And that is your, your relationship with your friend, Kristen Cavallari. Where did that all begin? How did you guys meet? Um, yeah, we met, I guess, two years ago. Uh, I met her through my agent, actually, Mark Block. So um, he knew that she was in search for a like a social media guru or someone just to run their, her stuff. And she'd interviewed a few people and she wasn't convinced. And then she met with me and she met with a couple other people. And then she sent over some, I actually met up for coffee and she was just 
super cool. And I just remember thinking, she's just sitting here like at this coffee shop. Like that's so cool that she doesn't even care that she's just super famous and sitting at a coffee shop. But she was super chill, super nice, very down to earth. And um, she asked me to caption a few photos. I went home and did that. I was so nervous because I was like, oh, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to be someone that captioned. I mean, kind of like back to the Miss, you know, Teen USA stage. I was like, I don't know how to be this person who's like, oh, our jewelry is so pretty and gold. Check it out. It's the perfect thing to wear with your sweater. I'm like, that's just not me. But I was afraid if I was myself that she would be like, whoa, this is a business. Like we can't put this on our social media. So I, I started out writing some that were just so very not me. And then I erased it all and I wrote at the top of the email and I was like, look, you might hate all of these. Just a disclaimer. This is my personality. This is my demeanor. This is how I write. This is my voice. So if you like it, that's great. But if you want to go in a completely and total different direction, I'm unsure I can do that. So here's what I got. And I wrote like very witty, very sarcastic, honestly, slightly inappropriate captions for all of them. And she wrote back and was like, I am, I mean, I think she actually said, I'm effing dying. Uh, you're high. So, <laughs> I mean, from the moment, yeah, so it just worked out. And luckily she gave me a lot of creative freedom and she always let me push the boundaries with the, with the voice of the company and just have fun with it, which I think was really successful with our social media. Well, good for you for number one, for being yourself. And that's a lesson learned in itself. Um, number two. Yeah, and it could have crashed and burned. So oh, it totally could. There, could have, there, there will always be, you know, a CEO somewhere or a boss somewhere who's like, no, 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 that's not our style. I just got lucky with someone who, you know, shares the same sense of humor and knew that to have a successful company, you need to push the envelope. And so I got lucky. When you sat down with her at the coffee shop, were you uh, a little bit starstruck from her time with like Laguna Beach and the in the hills? Uh, no, I, it's, weird, it's weird, and I also probably sound so lame saying this. I really don't get starstruck. I'm try, I try to think of like one person that I could meet that I would just be like, oh my god. But I don't know. I don't. I mean, yeah, I'm not really. I don't really get starstruck, and I actually never watched Laguna Beach or the hills um, going up. I didn't have cable. Well, good, me neither. So, <laughs> thanks, thanks, mom. But so yeah, never watched it, never saw it. So I knew she was obviously just from you know being in the 2000s public eye, but I didn't, I didn't know anything about her really. I just was like, Oh yeah, Kristen Cavallari and Lauren Conrad, they're famous. Probably a good thing. Yeah, probably. So since you're the, so we'll call it the quote unquote social media guru for uncommon James, which is the company. Tell me about the company. What is it? What it's about? Yeah, it's a jewelry company. Um, it's a great line. It's very simplistic jewelry. You can kind of layer it with everything. It's kind of just for the everyday girl, someone that, doesn't have time to put on a whole ensemble with matching jewelry for each outfit, but something that you can kind of just wear all the time, never take off or, you know, wear with everything, wear with something minimal as going to the gym, something as dressed up as going to a fancy dinner. It's just, it's very minimalistic, but very, you know, also a statement pieces for sure. And where does the name come from? Um, her daughter's middle name is James and she thinks that that's uncommon for a girl. So uncommon James. My middle name is James. So that's great. <laughs> there you go, uncommon for a girl. So, uh, so when we say social media guru, uh, tell me what that means to you. I mean, how would you describe your job or your responsibilities? Yeah, I, mean, I never actually worked in social media professionally. I, this was my first job, so I day to day I post on Instagram every day. I run the Twitter, I run the Pinterest, I send the newsletters out, I respond back to messages on all platforms that I just listed. Um, if a customer service issue gets brought up, I forward that over to our customer service team. I answer questions. I mean, a 
A whole lot, honestly. A lot. So what's been the most challenging part for you? Um, probably, I think, as the company has grown, it's, I mean, we have, I, when I started, it had, I think, 16,000 followers, and now it has 580,000 followers. And so the volume has been hard to keep up with. We used to get seven comments on our photos with questions, and now we get 550. So it's hard. Um, Kristen does want me to always respond to everyone, so that's kind of difficult at times. But um, I'd say that's probably the most challenging to always, because it's not like I work a nine to five. It's not like I can clock in at nine o'clock out at five. I, if someone asks a question and I happen to be awake at 11 p.m., then I should answer that. So, so you think there's a... probably the volume, the growth of the company has been hard to keep up with as one person. Is there a breaking point where you feel like you're going to have to bring in some sort of assistant? Um, yeah, I'm sure that there, I don't know about an assistant, but I'm sure there's other, um, there's other realms of the company now, like a uncommon James home and all that stuff. So there's, I'm sure at some point they're going to have to like hire more people for these other entities of the company. And yeah, I'm sure at some point she'll develop a team. Like this person answers all the DMs, this person posts on the feed, this person runs Twitter and Pinterest. Like, yeah, I'm sure she'll delegate it soon to something like that. So when you took the job, when you two sat in that coffee shop, you sent her the captions of the photos. She said, I'm, I love it. You're hired. Did you know anything about a possible reality show at that point? Um, vaguely, like very vaguely, they were just talking about it and it really didn't have anything to do with Kristen. At the time they were very vague about it. They were just like, Oh, a show in Nashville, like with a celebrity name attached. I mean, they were all very vague about it. And our, um, our agent in town was like, oh, yeah, this is a great opportunity. And I, at the time, was like, hell no, I'm not doing a reality <laughs> show. I'm so much cooler than that. And then me and my best friend, Taylor, uh, we started talking about it. And we interviewed with the casting director. And then by the time it all got kind of under, like an understanding, I had already been working for Kristen for a couple months. And she was like, yeah, the show is going to be so great. And then you're going to be on it. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to be on it. She's like, yeah, you're going to be on it. Of course you're going to be on it. And I was like, of course I'm going to be on it. Yeah. <laughs> so at that point I was like, well, I guess I'm going to do this show, well, which I'm glad I did. Yeah. And, and you've obviously, you know, in addition to the company having over a half million followers, you've gained a pretty good following. I think you're approaching 180,000 yeah. followers on Instagram. Is that something that you enjoy or is it something that you're like, well, I guess it's just part of the process, but it's not something I wanted. No, of course. I mean, yeah, of course I wanted a lot of followers on Instagram. If you're, if you have an Instagram, most of the time, I bet you want a bunch of followers. Like, unless you really are one of those really cool, like down to earth people that are just like, I just have it to keep up with my friends and family from all over. It's like, well, that's super nice of you. But I, yeah, of course I wanted a lot of followers and it was nice. It's nice in the sense that you have a platform and people want to gift you with stuff or you have a platform to speak your mind. Even even me, like I'm not all just like sarcasm. Even if I have like an important topic I want to talk about now, 180,000 people are going to look at it and they don't really have an option. They follow me. So if I have something on my heart that I want to say, then I now have this really massive platform for that. So that's great. But um, if I had to say a downside of it, honestly, this is so, this is ridiculous. But sometimes I just want to post like, uh, I don't know, like I want to post my living room and be like, I love the way I decorated this. And just post it and just everyone just look at it. But instead I get like a hundred million emails. They're like, what paint color is on your floor? What, what is that picture from? Where's this plant from? Where did you get your chair leg from? And I'm just like, I, and you can't like, you can't like make your way through the masses of DMs. I don't know. You just want to post something like, oh man, I'm hungover today. And you're going to be like, oh yeah, maybe, 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 maybe. And I'm like, oh man. I, and then I'm like, do I answer all these? Do I just leave them on a road? I don't know. 
Yeah, I would think between the, the, the company itself and then your, your own personal, I mean, it's got to be tough to keep up with all that. It's a 24-7 job. Yeah, yeah, honestly. So, you know, this has obviously brought you a lot of attention. You're, you're not only just part of the cast. I mean, you're the girl with the red hair. Everybody sees you. You stick out like a sore thumb. <laughs> um, have you ever Googled your name? Uh, yeah, I try not to. It's not always the prettiest thing. But, uh, yeah, uh, I for sure, I think when it – less Googling, more like looking on social media, like Twitter and stuff right when the show came out. I was, you know, I'm obviously the villain on the show, so I wasn't everyone's <laughs> favorite at the time. But you know what? I I think towards the end of the the season, a lot more people were understanding of who I was and my personality and got to know me and related to me in a big way. And I think, like, I mean, I get countless DMs and comments that are like, I got to be honest, I did not like you when I first started watching the show. I'm like, oh, lovely. And then they're like, but... I kept watching. I really like you. I really relate to you. I think that we're the most alike on the show, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I mean, Googling slash looking myself up on social media, my name has gotten a lot better in the uh, previous months than it was in the beginning. But yeah, I definitely look myself up every once in a while. Yeah. Good. Well, look, I Googled you this morning. And I, I've Googled myself, I, you know, and I'll, and I'll give you the, uh, the results here. And look, they aren't bad. I'll just be upfront with you so you're not worried here. Um, so here were the, so, you know, when you type in the Google bar and, you know, it comes up with the suggestions. So I just typed in Shannon Ford. So here were the top, uh, I don't know, six or eight Shannon Ford age, Shannon Ford teeth, Shannon Ford Ah. Instagram, Shannon Ford, very Cavallari, Shannon Ford net worth, Shannon Ford, New York. And I know, you know, this one, Shannon Ford, Kyle Long. Um, so as a member of a reality show, do you like that people want to know all about your life and your personal affairs or, or not? I don't mind it. I, I really don't mind it. Granted, I'm not on a massive scale. I'm not Jennifer Lawrence, you know, like I would probably mind it if it was much more aggressive, but let's be honest, like am I in the public eye? Yes. Am I a mega star? No. So like I mean, right now I don't mind it. No, it's fine. So what Sometimes are... I'm blown away by the questions people ask. I'll be like, you should just ask me that. <laughs> but like, you know, like, no, for the most part, I don't mind it because I'm not, I'm not really on that scale yet. So what's the weirdest question you think you've ever got so far? Now that you ask, I'd have to, <laughs> I should have thought about this. This has been a good, I don't know, just things that you just, just like the most bizarre things, which I mean, like stuff like, oh, what, what color is that on the bot, like on the bottom of your chair? I really love that color. I want to paint my house that color. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? I don't know. Just, I guess I could think of some more weird personal ones, but yeah, just. I did that little question app thing on Instagram Mm -hmm. and I could go, I should just send you that little thing because you would be like, okay, that's, that's so weird. Yeah. I bet that would be really interesting. What do you brush your teeth? I think someone was like, what do you brush your teeth with? Or who are like, what kind of like, not just like hair and makeup questions, but like weird personal hygiene questions. Like what do you, what toothpaste do you use or what this do you use? I don't know. Just like what fingernail polish remover do you use? And you're just like, what? It sounds like your, your teeth seem to be a big focus for people. They must really love your, uh, your smile. Well, they're very large. So, yeah, they're pretty in your face. So here's what you need to do and today. Very you, need, large smile. you need to call the block agency and say, find me a dental or some sort of smile, denture, whatever company <laughs> that I can sign with so I can make some money off this thing. There you go. Yeah. Use the power of the teeth for sure. So with you being out in the, quote, public eye, people searching for you, wanting to learn about you, are there any myths out there in the world that you want to debunk? Ooh, um... I'm not mean. I think people, I think if you like kind of stopped watching after episode two or three, you might be like, well, that girl is a biatch. But you know, I'm not, I'm not mean. I think most people would say that. 
are pretty nice, <laughs> easygoing, like girl that's fun to get along with. So maybe that, like I'm not mean or I guess also I, I do always get asked if my hair color is real. So that I mean, people, I have had someone stop me in the elevator one time and say, oh my God, what hair, what, what color number is that or dye number or whatever. I've been dying to have that color, that shade. And I was like, oh, it's natural. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, oh, it's okay. And then like two people got off the elevator and it was just her and I, and she was like, okay, sorry. I, I didn't mean to ask in front of people, but seriously, like what shade is that? And I was like, no, it, no, it's really natural. It really is. <laughs> she she <laughs> thought you were lying. You? I don't have, no, I was like, no, it really, it really is. Well, so I was, uh, everybody I bring on here, I always research, and uh, most people have a Wikipedia page. You actually don't. So I had to, you know, do research in other forms and fashions. Oh, make me one, Tim. Yeah, I think I'll come up with something. what you're here for. So I found some articles out there on you, and and what you mentioned is true. There are a lot of people out there that, you know, they think you're quote-unquote mean. Um, now I know yeah. I know you and your personality, and there is no doubt that you are you're you're one of a kind. You're sassy. You don't take crap from people, and that's what makes you you know a strong woman. But I read an article Aww. from uh, it's called Bustle dot com. I've never been to it, but uh, oh, they they are really kind. That that article. I mean, I hope you just read a kind one. <laughs> I don't know if you did or not. Well, I'll give you I'll give you the quote. Yeah. I'll give you the quote that they used for you. So they described you as quote. Okay. No, making sure. a name for herself by cultivating some drama among other employees with her, quote, sarcastic sense of humor. How do you respond to that assessment? That's a pretty fair assessment. I think I think I was that's not my that wasn't my sole drive to make a name for myself by just creating drama. But I think it, it didn't hurt that I was on a reality TV show and I was willing to push the boundaries with, you know, it's hard because you, you start the show and we're all real people and it wasn't a very scripted show at all. And so it, you kind of just have to weigh out your options. You have to say, what will make for good TV? What do, what, when I, when I sit down and I like decompress from my day and I just want to turn on some, you know, reality TV, which we all know what that entails, what would I want to watch and who, who maybe would I dislike so much that I couldn't look away from? Cause that's a huge factor in reality TV sometimes. Like who do you watch because you can't stop watching because they are the worst. <laughs> like, and so I always knew that I would, not push the envelope so much where I would not be myself, but I definitely what didn't mind stirring the pot. I wouldn't say cultivating drama maybe is a is a stretch. I would say I definitely didn't mind to stir the pot. So when you say stir the pot, um, give me give me an example of a time that you consciously knew you were stirring the pot and you did it anyway. Probably when in the I think like episode one or two with everything with Brittany. I actually Brittany and I are really good friends outside of work and. I always loved and respected her and I know that she she's a lot more emotional than I am and so I think I stirred the pot a little bit on that end because I knew I knew I could get a reaction out of her I knew if I was just like a little bit more sassy than I should be that she'd probably get her feelings hurt and I was like oh I mean I didn't ever want to hurt her feelings but I knew I would get a rise out of her and I just thought like that'd be interesting to see how she reacted to that and you know it was fine for us because once the camera stopped rolling we could be like you know I would just be like, you know, I'm just kidding, right? And I just wouldn't say, you know, I'm just kidding on camera. And she would be like, were you just kidding? And I'm like, well, a little bit. And she's like, okay, if you really were just kidding. I'm like, no, nah, I was just kidding a little bit. <laughs> sla- so like, slap her you know, in the face. That, no. lasted all of, that lasted all of two weeks, if that, of filming before it was completely back to normal. So. Yeah, now there's one video out there that when I YouTube or uh, or search, just search you on Google, it's the, it's the one that pops up and it's of uh, – "Quote unquote," Kristen reprimanding you for something that happened. Ah, um, how do you deal with you know getting the boss kind of you know breathing down your neck about 
performance or you're just you know, dealing with other coworkers? You know, I think that's every every job, unless you you know are lucky enough to work in an atmosphere where that's just not the case at all. I think everyone, if you have a boss, you're at some point probably going to get reprimanded for something or just have a talk about your performance. And maybe it's not always to the degree that mine was, which was always pretty harsh. But like, you know, I, I don't think it falls under a category of like, I don't know. I don't think I, I don't think it's anything that other people can't relate to. And so I think when people are watching this, especially people that are my age that are just starting their new jobs and just getting their first big girl jobs and trying to navigate through, oh, I just got out of college or oh, I just finished high school and I, I, I'm not on my A game yet. I'm not right there yet. I think they can relate to the fact that you're all you're going to have a point in your life where someone sits you down and says, you need to buck up. Like you're not doing this correctly. You need to do this better. You need to do this. You need to do that. And I mean, it's just a a way of life. I mean, it's just a the part of life that everyone has to go through at least once. So let's, but, I mean, it makes you a better person. Yeah, no, I think it does. And I want you to uh, shed out some Shannon Ford advice. So basically for the people who are listening to this and they probably fall in a few categories, they're either a fan of the show, uh, they're a fan of yours, they're, you know, pageant contestants, title holders, or just people who are just like, you know, how did Shannon do what she's doing? I think a lot of pageant contestants, and you know this you know, firsthand, they want to be on a reality show, and they're really interested in pursuing that. I can actually name three right now, I won't, that are in our current pageant family that are going to be on one this fall. Um, okay. And they want to know, is it worth it? You know, what's it like? And, you know, should I do it? So I, I guess, mm. you know, you, you can answer that in just one big answer if you want to. But, you know, your yeah, advice to I... them about being on a reality show. I asked myself those three same questions even after we were done filming right before it started. I mean, like the day after the first episode filmed, I was still like, Oh my God, was that worth it? Was this worth it? Am I doing the right thing? And so that is, that's in the I struggle with, I think more than anything. I, I've always had like a very outgoing personality. And I, like you said, I always wanted to do the public eye, but I was like, did I do it the right way? Is this, cause you know, reality TV, it's not the most like sought after in the sense of, I don't think anyone looks up to it and it's like, Oh, man like what a gal she just really did made something of herself like until the reality show gets big and gets successful I mean you're just another girl trying to be on a reality tv show so it's just kind of like I ask myself those same questions and I think you just have to go into it knowing what you want to portray yourself as and then being okay with that I knew what I was doing I knew I was throwing the pot I knew I was being dramatic and I was going to be a character that people either love to hate or love to relate to but I had to be okay with the first one too. I had to be okay with whatever backlash came from that. And a lot came from it. And so you just have to have thick skin. Definitely don't put yourself in a position to be publicly talked about or publicly scrutinized if you can't handle it. Because I mean, I know when we first signed on, they gave us all a, they gave us all a contact for a psychologist and was like, he's here if you need it. And I remember being like, why would I ever need that? Why would I ever need that? That's weird. And I actually have never called him, but just so you guys understand, like that really is like, a, a product of being on reality TV that you might need to talk to someone for your mental health. And so do it if you are prepared for the outcome, because maybe the outcome is everyone loves you. And there's articles written about 50 reasons you'd want to be Shannon Ford, but you also have to be ready for the 50 articles that are the exact opposite of that. Cause that could happen because you also don't have a say in how they edit you or how they portray you. I mean, we sign our lives away. And while I can admit that, yes, how they portrayed me was how I acted on the show. Some people aren't as lucky. Some people get, they get a hold of their scenes in the editing room and they can twist them a little bit and turn them a little bit. And so you have to be prepared for that because any reality show you do, you're going to sign away any option to 
like have any say over how they edit you. Now you're in a unique situation in the in which you weren't you know cast as a you know former pageant contestant or anything like that. But as you well know, and I've talked yeah. to a lot of former title holders who have called me for advice, asking you know when shows like uh, The Bachelor reach out and say, hey. Mm-hmm. You know, we heard you were Miss So-and-so, and we're really interested in possibly having you on the show. They always call and say, you know, yeah. what should I maybe look out for? Um, mm-hmm. And you, you, you're you in in the middle of actually filming and production and all that stuff. What would you say they should, you know, be asking themselves or even asking in the interviews with the producers um, about being um, on there? I mean, well, then they have a leg up because that show is established. And so they can watch that show, and I'm sure they wouldn't they're not the first pageant girl that's ever been asked to be on that show before. So they can go and watch those episodes and they can watch those series and say, how are these people usually portrayed on this show? I didn't really have that luxury. I kind of just went in blind because our show wasn't a show yet. So I'd say um, if you were going to do a series, I never, I got approached by the bachelor and a couple other shows like that. I never wanted to be a part of something that cut me off after one season. I knew that I wanted to have something that could grow and have an opportunity to keep going with I didn't want to be on a show that I knew just had the opportunity for So when you're on The Bachelor, I mean, you just have that one season. So I, I knew that I wanted to be relevant for a long time. And I just was like, how can I do that with a reality show? And then this opportunity fell in my lap. So I was like, okay, well, that works out. And it's obviously a great opportunity. Now you're young. You're what, 24, 25 now? 24. 24. Here's one of my Google questions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, <laughs> where... <laughs> Where, where do you want to take all this? I mean, you know, you're young in your career. Um, this company's obviously a big part of your life right now. Do you have like a grand plan or a grand vision of what you would like to see Shannon Ford doing at, let's say, 40 years old? Um, I got to be honest. I don't have a grand plan. Maybe it's time <laughs> to sit all. down and make one. <laughs> but <laughs> We could talk um, about I that. I do definitely want to like, yeah, I, do, I think I've surrounded myself my whole life with people who have been great, uh, very business savvy. My parents, both my parents own their own companies. I adore the entire RPM staff. Um, that run, as you know, the four states for Miss USA. And I, I have always looked up to them. I've always looked up to my mom. And so I, I definitely could see myself owning my own business one day. What that entails, I have no idea. I, I love talking about, you know, certain products and certain things to get, get out that I, you know, back and I believe in. I'm a redhead and redheads cannot get tan. So I always thought that it would be fun to like have my own self-tanner line or something one day. So I don't know, something like that, something that, Maybe my own boss would be nice. Very then I cool. wouldn't get reprimanded anymore. <laughs> That's right. You, you wouldn't have Kristen breathing down your neck. So uh, this podcast is probably going to air in December. Um, so kind of give us an idea of where things are going with, uh, you know, very Cavallari and just you know, your whole role in the show and uh, basically what you can tell us because I know there's some things you can't. Yeah, um, we can't say a lot, but I can say that we're going to start filming season two soon and some very interesting things happen. And you know, my fate at Uncommon James may be up in the air. So we'll just have to see how that transpires. But it's definitely going to be something that you guys want to stay tuned with. I think December, we will probably wrap, we'll probably be wrapping up filming. Look so at, a at, lot can happen from now Look at you putting a cliffhanger out there for the story. I oh, love it. Oh, dun, dun, dun. I love it. Well, you know, as you mentioned throughout this podcast, I mean, you, you have a great sense of humor. You're, you're very sarcastic. You're just very unique in the way that you approach, you know, uh, social media so I wanted to give you a chance. I've never done this before to kind of let people get to know who you are just by some quick, file, rapid fire game show like questions. I think it'll be fun because I think you'll be really good at it. Would you be willing to do that? Of course. All right. So let's do uh, how about 10 questions? Um, you can answer them as slowly or as quickly as you want. And if you want to expound on them, feel free to do so. 
All right. Okay. All right. So here we go. Number one on a scale of one to ten, how weird are you? No, ten. Maybe twelve. Twelve. Why? 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 Um, I've always been weird. I do the weirdest stuff. I might actually couple that with just being gross because I am a pretty like gross person to be a girl. Like I like to pick things up with my feet and also just like do really weird and inappropriate things to my friends that they like detest. Wow. Okay. Number two, what are you not very good at? Math. Oh man, I'm so bad at math. I'm pretty sure I had like strep throat or something the year they, (laughs) or the week they taught us fractions and I Still, I am so bad. It's actually appalling. People will just look at me and be like, you can't be serious. Because I like to pick, like, I like to, you know, count myself as a pretty smart individual. And when I get asked any question about math, people probably look at me like I am the dumbest person in the room. Do you ever have to use it for your job now? Um, No, no, not really. Thank God. <laughs> That's why you're good not at it. Mostly. I mean, sim- simple math sometimes, which got my old, my old pal calculator that there you go all right number three tell me something that's true that almost nobody agrees with you on okay oh that i hate cruises cruises are so dumb anyone that goes on a cruise is just ridiculous and <laughs> a lot of people like cruises and i think cruises are the worst you're just trapped in this boat you don't have wi-fi the food sucks like cafeteria food you don't even get to stay at the ports long i've been on two i hate them and a lot of people love cruises and i just cannot stand them so i take it you've been on one I've been on like two my whole life and they were miserable. <laughs> okay. So cruises are definitely cruises. a bad thing from cruises. Shannon Ford's standpoint. Okay. Yeah. Number four, your room, your desk, or your car, which one would you clean first? Which one would I clean first? I would clean my desk first. My room is kind of my sanctuary. So I would say that my room is always clean. There's a difference between being clean and being messy. My room is always very clean. It's a little bit messy sometimes with like clothes because once I try something on, then I get on a rampage and then I just leave the clothes everywhere. But my desk area is always clean. So you like you're an organiz- you're an organization girl. Yes. Oh, I love organization so much. I get that from my mom. I'm a freak. Okay. All right. Number five. Which would you pick? Being world class attractive, a genius, or famous for doing something great? Hmm. Okay. I can repeat I would it if probably needed. pick to be no 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 I got him. I would probably pick to be oh it's a toss up between a genius or being famous for something great. Because you're already probably world class attractive, right? <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> just because that really that really isn't that important. I mean, honestly, if you're a genius, then you're probably gonna make a lot of money, and then who cares if you're attractive? Uh, <laughs> but it would be pretty cool to be famous for doing something great, but that's probably short lived. So eh, I'd probably pick being a genius. Okay, genius. Number six, what was your favorite toy growing up? Favorite toy growing up? Anything that was like gross, like slime or a fart machine or something like that. Like I was seriously, that's probably carried into my adulthood. (laughs) Anything that like a boy would play with that their mom would take away from them. So you had one of those fart machines that you put in people's back pockets and walk by people? Oh yeah, for sure. Grocery stores all the time. (laughs) All right, number seven. Who would you like to live like for a day? Who would I like to live like for a day? I mean, Beyonce, come on. And what would you do? For sure, Beyonce. I would just do literally everything. I would be like, let's go to Dubai. Just kidding. Can you hit the plane around? I want to go to Paris. Like, haha, let's see if we can make it there. I mean, I would just do a million weird things. I'd just have them shut down the Gucci store and just make them thrust me. Okay. That would be so great. 
great. Interesting. All right, number eight. If you could be an Olympic athlete, in what sport would you compete? Hmm. Or oh, even if you want to make up oh, a sport, yeah. I'm okay with that too. Not a made-up sport, although people might think this is a made-up sport. I would crush it in Olympian uh, speedwalker. <laughs> I walk so fast, and that's a real sport for Olympics. Are you that woman that we see in the mornings when we're driving to work that, you know, the hands are pulsing? I mean, she's really getting after it. Hips are moving, the whole deal. Yep. Yep, that's me. I, everywhere I walk, I feel like people are like, why are you walking so fast? And I'm like, I'm not meant to be an Olympian speedwalker. I'm not sure. <laughs> All right, number nine, who is the funniest person that you know? Ooh, um, probably my best friend, Drew, from back home. Uh, we grew up, I swear she's probably the reason I have that sense of humor. We've been best friends since we were in second grade, and our, our humor is honestly the exact same. So probably her or uh, her or my grandpa. They're pretty funny guys. Okay. All right, last one, number 10. When you're having a bad day, which I'm sure happens often, mm-hmm. what do you do to make yourself feel better? Ooh, I'm good at this because when my friends have bad days, I am a firm believer in not wallowing. I'll be like, are you really, really sad or are you just wallowing? And so half the time if you think you're having a bad day, you're actually not having that bad of a day, you're just wallowing. So I say, get up, go do something, whether it means you need to go spend a little money and have some retail therapy or you need to go on a walk or you just need to get up and like force yourself to smile while doing jumping jacks or some weird shit like that, then you should just get up and not sit there and keep having a bad day. Go do something. I love it. I love it. I got a bonus question for you. Do you have any nicknames that people call you? Um, Shan. And I dislike heavily when people call me red. I just don't like it. And everyone <laughs> seems to want to do that. Oh, what's up red? Hey red. And I'm like, okay, what if I just went up to you and was like, what's up brown? What's up yellow? What's up weird ashy blonde color? Like it's just, no, it's just weird to me. I just don't like to be called red. So tell me how you really feel about it. Yeah. Anyways, that's how I feel. <laughs> short little blip about my favorite nickname, Red. So, uh, you know, tell me where you're going from here. I mean, what, what would you like to see happen in 2019 and beyond before we uh, wrap up here? Um, I think I just want to continue the, on the same course. I think I'm just happy with the way things are going, and I would love to see myself, um, you know, broadening my horizons and, like I said, doing something on my own with, like, my own business or my own product that I back or have my own name behind. And I think that would be great. And I, I look forward to keeping in touch, obviously, with everyone in the pageant world. And Am I going to see you in Alabama this year? Yeah, yeah, you're going to see me in Alabama this year. Okay, very cool. Well, hey, uh, for those people who have now put a face with a name and they're like, oh, I want to follow her, how can they follow you on social media? They can follow me on social media at probably Shannon Ford. That is my Instagram. Uh, my Twitter is Shannon Noel Ford. Noel is spelled N-O-E-L. And um, is there another social media that I need to know about? I don't yeah, think so. Yeah. My Facebook is just Shannon Noel Ford too. Got it. Um, so, or as, as well, not the number two. So I'm interested uh, in on Instagram. So most people go with, you know, at real so-and-so. You chose at probably. Where did yeah, that come from? That's why I did that. I did that forever <laughs> ago when I was in college. I just was so annoyed at everyone being like legit. Shannon Ford, you know, the real Shannon Ford. And I was like, really? Half these people don't even have enough followers to denote that they're the real one. I was like, I'm just going to make mine probably. And I always joked, I was like, if I get famous one day, I'll change it to definitely. But <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm probably always going to keep it at probably. Definitely will be like you, you've, you've graduated to a new level of confidence. Yeah, I mean, God knows that needs to never happen. I don't think I need any more of that. 
Well, hey, we're, we're excited for your career and uh, just happy for you that things are going well with the reality show and everything you're doing at Uncommon, yeah. James. Uh, really enjoyed the conversation. Always great to catch up with you, and I can't wait to see you here in a month. Me too. That is today's episode. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast. You can do so on Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, the podcast app, Google Play, or just go to lifeafterthecrown.com. And if you're still involved in the pageant world and you're wondering, what does Life After the Crown look like for me? I encourage you to download my free Life After the Crown starter guide. It's a quick read. It'll give you a great blueprint on how to start planning now and not when pageant life is over. To get it, just go to timtialdo.com slash starter guide. And for weekly podcast updates, you can just follow me on Instagram at timtialdo. Until next time, remember the words of James 119. Post this at all the intersections, friends. Lead with your ears. Follow up with your tongue. And let anger strangle along in the rear. God's righteousness doesn't grow from human anger. So throw all spoiled virtue and cancerous evil in the garbage. In simple humility, let our gardener, God, landscape you with the word, making a salvation garden of your life. See you next time, everybody. Everybody.